It's Daily Thunder, the truth of Jesus Christ dished out live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado with a bit of manly grit and gusto. Find out more at live.ellerslie.com. Now here's Eric Lutie. It is uh, sort of like a sunrise service on uh, Sunday mornings uh, here uh, at Ellerslie with our 715 wake-up call, our daily thunder, a little earlier than our normal time during the week. Uh, you know, this, uh, this daily thunder, I don't even want to call it an experiment because this is what we're doing, but uh, the first two weeks of it have been very, very precious for us as a leadership, and uh, I don't know, there's something about gathering together as the body daily uh, that is a unique uh, thing for the, the soul. At Ellerslie, when you come here for a semester, that's what we do. and It's, it's a constant church, if you want to say it that way. But in our in-between seasons, you know, we, we oftentimes will not have as much uh, uh, reason to come together. And so having this discipline in our life of the daily thunder gatherings in the morning is just very, very uh, special for us. And so I, I'm hoping that you're, you've been able to begin taking advantage of this. I know that uh, my family has sort of been discovering the, the beauty of this, and my kids just can't wait to go to Daily Thunder. Uh, that's what they call it. It's sort of funny when you get a title to something now. It's like, Let's, oh, we're going to Daily Thunder. And uh, so I think I asked Hudson what his favorite uh, series was so far, uh, hoping that he'd pick one of mine. Uh, but he picked Nathan's uh, Tuesday one on Ephesians. And so, uh, Nathan, you can at least uh, know that uh, Hudson chose that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one person chose it. No, I, I have a hunch that was a, that was a fan favorite last week. It's very exciting just to think of, I think it's, you know, when you think of going through a, a book, and it could take years, and you're going to go through it in that granular detail, and take time, but not have it be you know long messages necessarily, but short little microbursts. I think it's an exciting prospect for a lot of families just to think about doing that. So that's Tuesdays at eight fifteen in the morning, uh, and not not that I want you to skip all the other times during the week because there's some good stuff, and I'm sure there's someone else that would say, well, one of Eric's series was really exciting, and because you know, I think uh, they're actually really neat. But uh, so that's what's fun during the week is we have series that we're going through. So Monday and Wednesday are a series on the glossary of the gospel. And so it's really helping people understand what a new believer needs foundationally to understand to be able to grow up strong. And so that's good for a new believer, but it's also good for the old believer, if you will, that has been around the block that has had to sort of compile this information over years and decades as opposed to having it systematically put together so that you understand the glossary, the basic words, the basic framework, the basic constructs, to be able to hand them to someone that you lead to the Lord and be able to disciple them effectively. And then Thursday, as I said, Tuesday was Nathan's Ephesians study, is an expositional study on Ephesians, which is really uh, neat. Uh, Thursday, uh, Nathan's walking through a survey of the Bible, it's a very high-level one, so it's going to go through it in 10 weeks, a survey, so it's a very quick one. And then he's going to go back on Thursdays and go back into a very a more granular-level survey, which uh, could take a long time. And, but that's, that's part of the enjoyment of having this daily, is we can cover a lot of territory uh, quickly. And then my Friday class is called the Gospel Toolkit, which is a, based on 35 points that uh, Nathan and I mapped out uh, a few years ago for some training of our practicum students. 
that we were mapping out the 35 essentials, sort of like ingredients, or we're calling them tools, but they're operations of the soul that are necessary to transfer from darkness into light. And many of us know a lot of them, or know all of them, but we've never seen them and how they work in a soul. So to be effective at delivering the gospel and effectively walking someone through that change of life, that change from darkness to the kingdom of light, this is like an essential for that. It's a, it's a very a strong uh, understanding of what is taking place in that. And uh, for those of you that are wondering what happens on Saturday, uh, well, Saturday is a special guest is what it says uh, that we're doing, which just happened to be Nathan uh, this last uh, Saturday. Great job, Nathan. Uh, and uh, then Sundays is typically going to be me, and if you ask what the series is going to be, no series, just what's on my heart. So that's what we're doing today. And uh, it is Mother's Day, so I mean, what, what are you supposed to say? Uh, and what's funny is I'm not necessarily talking about Mother's Day here. And I, if you're wondering, because all the other times we've done this, we haven't had a computer. Up here, we usually have a keynote. Well, keynotes take time to make, and I had a sermon that I had to get prepared for this morning as well. And on Friday, I had, for those of you that know what I'm doing with my son Hudson, I'm walking through a seven-stage process, so I have seven different times where I take him out and to impart to him an understanding of manhood. And so this was uh, session or uh, episode three episode, that sounds funny, for it. But uh, we did that on Friday night, and so the preparation for that is huge, uh, if any of you know those messages that I've been giving to Hudson. And uh, so I had that, I had Sunday sermon, I have a father-son gathering tonight, I have daily thunders that are just popping out of the woodwork. A lot of preparation, but a lot of fun. So this morning, as a result, the casualty of all of that is I have a message, but didn't have time to put a keynote together, so sorry about that. So all of you that are, uh, you know, are used to that are going to feel a little strange when you watch me look down at a computer as I'm uh, talking. But for all the mothers out there, uh, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I'm a big fan of mothers. I think they're pretty extraordinary. I, on the way in, uh, lest I f- uh, fail to communicate with my mother uh, this morning, uh, I uh, Marco poloed her on the way in as I was driving in uh, and spent a good deal of time uh, enunciating to her just how precious uh, she is to me. And so if you happen, I actually told her she could be streaming right now too. So uh, mommy, if you are streaming this, uh, just know that uh, I am uh, possibly the most blessed son that has ever existed. You are such a huge blessing to me and so many others. Happy Mother's Day. Many times in our church, uh, I have read a short list of things that I call my dream. They're things that I deeply desire to see cultivated uh, in our home church here. And I think you'll probably relate to this. Any of you that have that stirring, that deep stirring for something more in Christianity, that, this touches on that. And because so many of us go to church and there's, there's that one intangible thing that we don't know how to put our finger on that's just missing. What is that thing that's missing? I, I don't know. It's sort of hard to pin it down. But let me go through a list of things uh, that I've oftentimes said, and this will just sort of stir up the waters uh, inside of you, I hope, as well. I want to lead a church that is always uncomfortable. That might sound a little strange, because who desires that? Well, if a church is comfortable, it's dying. When a church is uncomfortable, it's amazing how its prayer life just skyrockets. Intimacy with Christ flourishes. I want to have a life that is uncomfortable, and I want to have a church that is uncomfortable. So that's just the first one. Uh, 
I want to have a church that is always wanting more of Jesus Christ. I don't want a church that's satisfied. I want one that is craving deeper uh, uh, relationship with Christ. I want a church that rejoices in all things. Not some things, all things. In other words, it's a rejoicing church. I want a church that forgets how to fear and only knows how to trust. That's a big statement, too. In other words, fear and anxiety is such a dominant uh, controlling factor of the church of Jesus Christ today. Well, I want to see a church formed that forgets how to fear, forgets how to live in Adam's fear and only knows how to live in faith. That in every circumstance, they immediately default to faith. Wouldn't that be exciting? I like this one. A church packed full of new believers. You see, when a church is packed full of new believers, that means the church is actively pursuing lost souls. And so, so many of us, and I'd say our church has struggled with this, we know what is right to do, but we fail to activate it sometimes. And there's something about evangelism that touches, it's hard in our modern culture, I get it. I, I understand that in our generation, in our, for instance, our American culture, is becoming more and more hostile uh, to evangelism. Well, we as the church are doing the work of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit, last time I checked, did not give up on pursuing souls. And so as a result, I want to see a church packed full of new believers, even if it is impossible. God loves to do the impossible. Here's an interesting one. A church where 30% of the congregation would be termed full-time missionaries. In other words, where as a church, so many of us, a high percentage of us, are actually given to full-time service. Not just you know, working on the side with a few hours here and there, but full time. And that may seem improbable in a congregation to have 30%, but that's the sort of thing I want to see. I want to see a church saying, hey, how can we send more? And then I want others to say, hey, how can I give my life up? How can I serve more? A church in which 100% of the believers inside it are involved in active discipleship. 100%, which means every single one is being discipled, and every single one is actively giving discipleship to others. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good sign of health. A church that prays together, often and always, fervently and with persistence. I think that's one of the things I'm really excited about with the Daily Thunder is every morning we're praying together as the body. And so even if it seems improbable that a church, an entire church, could gather together every morning to pray, well... At least it's consistent that we're gathering together as the body often. A church that gives of their time, their talents, their resources, and their lives. A church in which everyone is an evangelist and every believer leads at least 12 people to Christ annually. Could you imagine if every single one of us was going after at least one soul a month? You know that if you do the multiplication factors on that of a church that is growing like that and actively pursuing uh, increase. I mean, the mathematics on it are so startling. We would turn the world upside down. I don't know if it was like seven years that everyone on earth would be reached. It's just, it, it, and that's just every one of us going after one a month. One. Well, that's what I want to see happen. A church that becomes known as the happiest church in the world. My kids all have impossible prayers and uh, I think it's Harper's. Uh, Harper's Impossible Prayer years ago started out as uh, that the Ludi family would be the happiest family in the world. So guys, you're way behind. We've been praying for that for years. I'm not sure how well you're doing, but uh, the Ludis have the lead in being the happiest family in the world, and I, I want this church to be the happiest church in the world. 
But I was going to add something to that this morning. A church marked by heavenly integrity. See, when I use the term integrity, many of us, you know, we, we can default to the, the promise keepers movement because that's one of the definitions of integrity is a promise keeper and someone who keeps their promises. When they say they're gonna do something, they do it. And that's what most of us know as integrity, and that's a great attribute of integrity. And yes, I would desire that in our church, that when we say we're gonna do something, we do it. However, I wanna give you another dimension to integrity that I think will play into a deeper understanding of what I yearn for in the body and what I would say is very clear in scripture that God yearns for in the body. Integrity, here's the first definition that we're familiar with, honest, Honorable, faithful, true, loyal, and trustworthy. Now listen to this second one. Whole and undivided. It's not an interesting statement for integrity. It's whole. It's undivided. It's unified. It's together. It's undistracted. It's undenominationalized. It's unwilling or unable to be broken into parts. It's a whole. That's where the word integer comes from. You see, an integer is a whole. There's no parts to it. There's no division of it. It is a whole number. And so, whole and undivided. Imagine the church being whole and undivided, being marked by that sort of integrity. It's unified. It's together in what it's doing. It's undistracted. It's undenominationalized. Our churches today are so denominationalized. I remember when Leslie and I first started speaking, we uh, were going to host an event, and we hosted it. This, this group invited us out from Michigan to come uh, and speak. And I remember the location that they chose, it was a, more of a charismatic type of church that got chosen. And, oh, 80% of the churches in the area would not participate in the event because of where it was held. <laughs> I remember thinking that was so absurd back then. It's like, well, I don't have anything to do with the church. I'm just giving a message. Yeah, but you're in that church. And if you're in that church, they have some funny thinking. And as a result, the, res- the, the fallout of this is so massive in the church of Jesus Christ. Where, and for good reason. We're sensitive to doctrinal nuance and, and uh, things going awry and things going off over here and there. And yet, we as the body of Christ are not working together. We're not unified. Now, there's also, also false unifications that can take place where under the banner of unity at all costs, we, we unite with things that are contrary to the nature of Christ, to the word of God. So I'm not in, uh, desiring to encourage that behavior. What I'm desiring to encourage are those that are united on what we oftentimes call the five fingers. The word of God in text is God's word. It reveals the word of God in person, Jesus Christ. And what that person did, Jesus Christ, who is a God-man, and what he did on that cross is everything for us. That is our redemption. And then what that cross purchased for us is for that word of God to now be in us via the Holy Spirit. And what that means is that now the word of God through us, the fifth finger, the word of God can now come through us unto this lost and dying world. You see, that is an integrity. And when we come together in that whole of the word of God, and when we say, I am a believer, and I believe God desires to do this in his church and through his church, oh, world changed. So if you get to the word integer, it means a whole number, a number that is not a fraction. It's interesting because in and of the idea itself, it is without 
faction. You see, we say without fraction in math, but without faction. You see, that's, that's an idea. It's without division. You see, in the church, we have faction constantly. What I desire for us as a church, what I desire for the church as a whole, is for this coming together of integrity. This integrity, let me give you some examples of body integrity, okay? Because we know, you know when I'm training Hudson to be a man, what I want to train him is that his body has integrity. So listen, imagine that my eyes are in perfect agreement and unity with my mind and heart. Okay, so classic challenge for a man is eyesight and what he looks at. So oftentimes in his mind, he will say, I don't want to look at that. I want to honor God. I want to honor my future spouse with my thoughts. And yet his eyes betray his mind and they veer off and do their own thing. That is a lack of integrity. You see, when the eyes agree with the mind and heart and they are in unity together, they are together on this. Let's be together on this, oh eyes. My eyes don't just run rogue. They don't do their own thing. They do what the mind and the heart are saying. Of course, we have the mind of Christ, the headship of Christ in our life. The word of God says, hey, let's take these eyes and bring them into submission to the purposes of the king. And so when you have that agreement between eyes and mind, you have health or you have integrity. You have a togetherness in the body. How about imagine my tongue only speaking that which is in perfect concord with my spirit conviction. So I know how I'm supposed to live in this body. I mean, we all do. I'm supposed to speak words that are kind, merciful, loving. And yet this tongue can oftentimes go rogue. And so that's a lack of integrity in the body. When this tongue says whatever it feels like saying, whatever it wants to say in the moment, I I lack integrity in my body because I know the truth. And so I need to allow my tongue to come under that truth and to agree with it. And as a result, there is a oneness in the body of Eric Ludi. Imagine my appetite and sexuality function in perfect congruence with the word of God. So I have appetites. Yep. I have a sexuality, I'm a man, and yet that needs to come into agreement with the word of God. You see, when all of us as a body begin to function this way, and you begin to recognize that all of us need to come into the same agreement with God, and as a result, there's no division, there's no faction amongst us. So as a desire, and this is actually just sort of a core element to what I would say we're even doing with these daily thunders, what we could even call daily church, a desire to come together as the body, to labor as the body, as one. That we're after the same thing. What are we after? Well, we want Jesus to be seen in this earth. We want Jesus to be known in this earth. You see, the other day I was talking about what we call the center of the center. And when you exit darkness and enter life, You are exiting having self and self-desire and self-yearning as the center of the center. So there is a throne in your life, or we we could say if you were to draw your life as a circle, and then right in the middle of it is you, and all of that is the motivations, the center of the center. And in Revelation, it talks about the lamb in the midst of the throne. And basically what it would mean is in the middle of the middle of the throne is Jesus. In the middle of the middle of all that rules your life 
it needs to be Jesus. You see, if self is in that center position, your life will lack integrity. You will not be in agreement with the word of God. You will not be in agreement with others. You are living your own way. And there's a way that seems right unto man with self at the center, and it leads to death. But there is a way that is right unto God, and that's with Christ at the center, and it leads to life. So if in all eternity Jesus is the center of the center, I say we begin to get in stride with that now. And if we allow Jesus to take that center of center positions in our life, this body changes. Now, I'm talking about the individual body of Eric Ludi right now. This body changes. Now, how am I going to train Hudson when he's becoming a man? I want to train him to have the center of his center be Jesus Christ. And if it is, hey, something good's going to happen. And guess what? My relationship with my son is going to thrive as well. And he's going to have an honor and respect back to his father. And so there's a unity amongst us, and we're both after the same thing, and we can labor side by side. Now, what happens if we extend this to the body? And all of us have the same center. The same center is not just a pet doctrine that we have of soteriology or eschatology or what day of the week to celebrate the Sabbath day. All of these things that have brought division in the church over the years, and it's not that they're not truth or they're not ideas that need to be understood It's just that they're not the center of the center. The center of the center isn't a doctrine, it's a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so, in seeking this integrity in the church of Jesus Christ, we start as individuals in seeking it in our own life. And so for all of us, the key question that I want us to start with this morning is, is our body in agreement with Jesus? Our individual body. Is our tongue in agreement with Jesus? Is it submitted this morning to say, God, what you speak, I want to speak? You know, there's times when God doesn't want you to speak, (laughs) and that's being in agreement with God. It's like, hey, be quiet right now. It's right when someone's like saying something to you, and you really want to lash out at them, and God says, silence. There's other times when there's a soul, and you know you're supposed to speak, and God's like, now it's time to speak. Oh, it's funny how we want to speak when we're not supposed to speak, and we, we don't want to speak when we're supposed to speak. You see, we need to come into alignment and agreement with God. That's integrity, where when God says something for us to do, we do it. We're in agreement in this body. Now, that's the individual body. Now, imagine as a corporate body, we have one head, and what he wants in here is what he gets. In and amongst a body... We all submit to the same thing. And that isn't just to the pastor named Eric Ludi. That's to the capital P pastor, the capital S shepherd, Jesus Christ. He is the lead in an environment like this. And what he desires, he gets. Let's ask for that right now. Father, I pray for integrity in your body. And I pray that where there isn't integrity, that you would bring integrity healthy, gentle conviction right now. Lord, that we would be stirred and awakened to your manner, to your way, to your truth. Lord, I pray that you would bring unity to your body, the unity of the heavenly sort. Lord, a unity that causes us to function as one. Lord, save us from denominationalism today. Save us from faction. Make us an integer. Make us one just as you are an integer. You are one. Lord, only you can do this. Only you can make 
the church what it ought to be. But Lord, we as the body of Christ submit this to you as a petition. Lord, in this day, in this hour, may your church rise up to once again reflect the way you built it to be, to showcase the one and only solution, the one and only message, Jesus and him crucified. Lord, we submit this request to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Daily Thunder is a production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training and the Bravehearted Media Group. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and see it once again gain the stride of the Spirit emboldened and brave. The Daily Thunder video stream can be watched live daily at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Saturday, and 7.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Please consider booking a stopover at the lovely Ellerslie campus at the foot of the majestic Rocky Mountains for one day, one week, one semester, or for an entire season. We hope to see you someday soon live and in person. Thanks for listening.